Songhezo Mapepe on SAFM. 34 days since the lockdown in the country, many small, medium-sized businesses are wondering how they will pay salaries now. Some haven't even paid salaries. Even the major chain, Edgar's, has not. Downsizing and retrenchments are on the rise, and many workers fear for their jobs. The Reserve Bank recently revealing that COVID-19 pandemic could be worth 370,000 job losses the country over. Leading fintech company Comparishore surveyed South Africans from all walks of life on their current employment challenges and fears of retrenchment. Ten minutes with you, Matt Kluis. Good evening. Thanks for your time. Scare us some more. So, Geza, good evening. It's been a busy, busy night, but uh, I don't scare people. But I think uh, Mm, Matt, Matt, I'm going to ask Lesefo okay. to call you back. The line is terrible. I can't hear you at all. Please just bear with us, those who are at home. But we'll probably use this as an opportunity to just read a couple of messages that came through from the previous conversation with Ngosana Dolopi. The Department of Education should not try to do things to please the nation and the government, whereas the end results will be disastrous and cause havoc and public outcry. SK from East London. Let me try and find another SMS. Great. Someone suggested that schools platoon one class from 8 to 1 p.m. and the other from 1 to 5. As a t- am I, as a teacher, going to survive a nine-hour teaching day? Mm, long day, long day. It's, impo- it's possible to open school this time. The government must wait till further notice. I think that was supposed to mean it's impossible to open schools. Anyway, Matt Kloos is back. Matt, sorry, you want to say? Hi, can you hear me? Am I, is that clear? A little bit better, yes. Fantastic. No, I think, uh, unfortunately, there is a lot of fear out on the street. You know, 68% of the people we spoke to are afraid of retrenchment. And that is the reality out there. So I think it's timely now that the government is starting with the phase reopening of the economy. I'm reading Tony Leon here um, on Twitter saying, and these are his words directly, the level four regulations are outrageous, arbitrary and capricious. They have little to do with health and a great deal to do with prejudice, arrogance and ideology. Cyril Ramaphosa has squandered great goodwill and citizens now need to challenge government. How could these level four regulations be credible in terms of making sure we mitigate to the extent possible the job losses and at the same time exercising the necessary prudence, the balancing act, if you will, clinically to avoid the catastrophe that COVID-19 itself could occasion if not attended to properly? I think that's a very tough question, and, and that's the difficult balancing act that government has to play, balancing the need for phased reopening of the economy with protecting lives and keeping people safe. I think the one thing we have done well is to buy time. You know, we went into lockdown early, and we have bought the, the country and the people a lot of time to figure out, you know, how to best handle the situation. It is difficult. We have received praise from the World Health Organization, so I think we're doing the best we can. The Reserve Bank talking about the fact that it could be over 370,000 job losses. Your research, what does it tell you as the impact of 370,000 people without work? Because in terms of the impact on people, these 370,000 jobs, it runs into the millions. And one can only imagine the social change that that will occasion. 
No, absolutely. I think that's the case. Um, you know, many people are not able to work from home. We saw that only 21% of people can. And I think that's based on the South African economy in you know, retail, uh, hospitality, uh, informal workers. Um, it's very difficult for people to work from home and get any income, of course. Um, what we're seeing on the streets is it's unbelievably tough. You know, people are, are talking about food shortages. There is a lot of uh, suffering out there. But the one thing we also did see, which was quite uplifting, is that South Africans as a whole were quite supportive of the first extended lockdown. So I think there's a strong theme of unity there, which was really good to see coming from the people we chatted to. Is it fair to say, because now we probably will not get to a point where we are as rock bottom as we are now, as a country, as a society. For the purposes of rebooting systems, changing certain structures of how we engage the economy and how we participate in the economy, do we just have to accept that certain people are going to be left behind simply because they either don't have the skills or are not where the kinds of innovation or the restructuring that should be taking place is going to be taking place. And because of that, we simply invest in new technologies, new skills, and in new platforms and ways to be able to participate in the global economy, not the local economy. But the reality of the global economy means that certain things this country needs to do, and we have been shown up already by the fact that we are not there yet. Is it a hard truth that we simply have to accept? So, I think you're right. I think life as normal uh, is going to be different from now and forevermore. I think we have to adapt and we have to come up with new innovative technologies and ways of dealing with the new reality. I think South Africans are resilient. We are quite inventful as a people. So I really hope that, you know, that uh, our better side can come to the fore. But I think one thing is clear. If we don't change, we're in a lot of trouble. So we, you know, I think it's been exciting to see a lot of the measures coming through, private sector reacting. I mean, we ourselves, we repurposed our technology to help spread awareness around Corona. So I think everyone's doing their part, and that's been very impressive to see from my perspective. As somebody who is quite a fan with fintech, you would potentially, as I am, somewhat disappointed that everything that has been spoken of in the COVID times, very little has sought to leverage the fact that we are living in times of the fourth industrial revolution. There is a presidential panel established to lead South Africa's participation in this global revolution. And COVID, if you like, presents, as hard a truth as it may be, the kind of platform and circumstance the country needs to adopt proper 4IR-related ways of engaging business, technology, and even the education setup itself. We just had a conversation on education. Why are we not hearing more about how 4IR can be ramped up to cushion, if you like, the effect of what already has been a hard COVID-19? I think uh, that's a very good point you make, Tungazer. I think it's still early days. If we look at how long it, it feels like it's been an eternity of lockdown, but it's only been five, six weeks. Um, but I think we will see that come to the fore. I think COVID-19 will accelerate a lot of the sort of, you know, innovative fourth industrial revolution plans that a lot of companies, employers and people had. So I think that'll, that'll be a benefit to come out of this for sure, using using technologies that are available to to make a difference to help and to to sort of deal with the current times 
Finally, the Reserve Bank, could it inject more money into the in, in, into the economy, the so-called quantitative easing, for just easing the pressure on those who are employing potentially these people who, in a number, 370,000, certainly in May, will not likely have a job because it's difficult enough as it is. Are there other measures that could take place publicly to cushion this landing? Sure, that's a tough question, and I'm not an economist, but uh, I think to date, you know, the government and private sector have been, have been impressive in their reaction. I think the 500 million stimulus package as a percentage of GDP is unbelievably high. One wonders, you know, in terms of funding, how, how they will cope, but I think the government's done very well, I think, to, to sort of make available what is available. I think now getting it out into the people's hands will be the biggest challenge. You know, hopefully technology can play its role there in doing that efficiently as well. Fantastic then. Let's leave it there. Thanks indeed for your time, Matt, and thanks for your patience because I just do want to confirm to the listeners that this conversation really should have happened yesterday and you were gracious enough to grant us your time again today. Much obliged. Thank you. Absolute pleasure. Thank you. Mr. Matt Kluas, CFO and co-founder of Comparishore.